Percy, have you experienced many incidents of siblings who are twins being diagnosed with cancer? You know, Wayne, I have not. But according to a Newsweek article entitled Double Trouble, study on twins reveals a lot about cancer risk. It says that one in three people in a study conducted in Europe of twin siblings developed some type of cancer over their lifetime. And that was news to me, along with the risk was 5% higher for fraternal twins and 14% higher for identical twins if their sibling was diagnosed with cancer. Among all the sets of twins, the risk was 5% higher for fraternal twins and 14% higher for identical twins if their sibling was diagnosed with cancer. Among all the sets of twins where both siblings developed cancer, 38% of identical and 26% of fraternal twin sets were diagnosed with the same type of cancer. Hmm. I find this absolutely astounding and amazing, and I think that we should have a conversation about this Yes, you are going to introduce us to twin sisters who were diagnosed with breast cancer one month apart from each other. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Underserved Communities at City of Hope. And I'm so glad that you've joined us for this week's edition of our podcast. Talking about breast cancer today, but what a unique situation to have twin sisters Uh, joining you to tell their story, Percy. Yeah, it was amazing. You know, these young ladies reached out to me. We have a a Health, Hope, and Inspiration Facebook page. And, you know, we we place uh, inspirational quotes and and, and, and that sort of thing. But people also can react and respond. And and these young ladies reacted and responded to me. They sent me a a inbox me in, in my messenger box and said, we think that we would have a compelling conversation for your show we're twin sisters who have cancer. And so I sat and talked with them, and amazingly, they were correct. There's just so much here. And I've never had the opportunity, quite frankly, to support anyone who were twins uh, who had cancer. So this was a very novel and unique story as far as I'm concerned. And you'll hear some tremendous things from from both of them. And we're going to talk to them individually apart Good. so that they can tell their individual stories as well. All right, and we'll meet them when you bring their story to us here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration in just a moment. Hey, thank you for responding to our call for questions you may have about cancer and cancer journeys. Uh, Our website is healthhopeandinspiration.com, and we have a place there where you can leave questions. And we're seeing a number of questions come in now. Here's a great one from Tucson, Arizona. Percy, I know you saw this ahead of time, so I think you're ready to answer this one. Should I complete a medical power of attorney as a cancer patient? Absolutely great question. We've actually done a show on this. It's a a show we've done probably three years ago about uh, power of attorneys, uh, medical, uh, you know, powers of attorneys and et cetera. And the answer to this question is yes, every cancer patient and quite frankly, anyone that enters into the healthcare system should have a medical power of attorney that is completed. And I'll tell you why. Not that uh, anyone is expecting or, or prescribing the idea that you're going to die. But, you know, it's sort of like having car insurance or life insurance. You know, 
you don't you don't really focus on the dynamic of it. But if you ever have an accident in a, in your car, you're glad that you have it. Mm-hmm. You know, you get sure. it's in yeah. place. You better believe it. And so, yeah. So this is the idea of a medical power of attorney in the event of of anything taking place or happening to your your physical well-being that you have sat and given some thought to what you want to have done. And more importantly, who you would want to have make your medical uh, decisions on your behalf and that you've had a conversation with that individual. So they're not caught off guard. There's not uncomfortable moments at the hospital and that the medical team knows who to talk to and what to do on your behalf from a medical perspective. So yes, every cancer patient and anyone entering into the healthcare system should complete a medical power of attorney and your local healthcare a facility should have someone in place that will be able to help you step through that document and complete it accordingly. Thank you, Percy. And if you have a question for us, use our website to submit it, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Also at the website, you can download this week's free resource, The Truth About Cancer. More about that later, healthhopeandinspiration.com. We turn to the Bible for inspiration, and you've chosen a passage in Ecclesiastes today, Percy, to open our conversation. Yes, sir. And so we're going to read from uh, chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, and it says this, and we've used this scripture before, but we're going to use it in a different context today. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Verse 10, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. 11, Uh, Verse 11, also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And this really speaks to the sentiment of, in this particular context, uh, twin sisters who both were diagnosed with breast cancer a month apart from each other, but they're supporting each other. They're, They're holding each other up. And, you know, who better than someone who is also walking the same path as you and then being your twin sister to really be able to intricately uh, understand on some level how you feel, what what you're going through, and, and what's uh, a part of this process. And they are both very connected to each other and each other's journey and they're, how they're supporting one another as they support themselves. We'll meet them in a moment. With locations in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona, City of Hope is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, with proof that two are better than one, here's Percy with our guests today. Hey, 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 this is Pastor P, and I'm back with another conversation. And today, as always, I tell you that I have compelling conversations for you. Well, today I have a very unique conversation that will be compelling 
Because I'm going to talk to two twin sisters today. Well, of course, if they're twins, it's two of them, right? Twin sisters who both uh, were diagnosed with breast cancer basically one month apart from each other. And I thought it would be uh, just an amazing discussion to hear about the dynamics of that. So today we want to welcome to the microphone both Alicia and Aletta Sayas uh, to the mic. Uh, how are you guys doing today? First, Alicia, how are you, my dear? I'm doing great. Thank you. And Aletta, how are you, my dear? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for having us. Oh, well, it's a pleasure and a privilege. And I, I want to say to those who are listening you know, our 300 plus uh, thousand uh, folks that listen to us on a regular basis, uh, these ladies reached out to me and, and said that they had a, a compelling story that they felt like uh, their story would be worthy of uh, recording. And I and I called them up and we had a conversation and sure enough, uh, it was. So for those of you who are listening, if you think you have a story that's worth telling and you'd like to share your journey of cancer, reach out to me uh, on Health, Hope and Inspiration on Facebook. And uh, let me know, and I'd love to talk with you to see if we can get you on the show. But with that, that's how I met these young ladies, and I'm excited to have them. First and foremost, guys, we got a lot to talk about, is let's talk about the day that you were told that you had cancer. Uh, where were you, and how did you feel, and how did you react when you were told you have cancer? Uh, Alita, I'd like, Alita, I'd like to start with you first, if you don't mind. Well, um, when I first found out, well, when it was confirmed that it was indeed breast cancer, um, I was at the radiologist's office at, um, uh, but actually at the hospital where I work. That's where we're receiving treatment. Uh -huh. And um, I was at the nurse's station or whatever. And um, my radiologist called the nurse and I was on intercom. And that is when she told me when I was in the nurse's office. And um, I would have to say that I was just, so overwhelmed, um, I could not even finish the conversation with the radiologist. Mm. I actually basically ran out of the office, to be honest with you. Okay. So you, you hear those words, you run out the office, you're, you're, and did you say that you are employed at the hospital where you were receiving your treatment? Is that, did I hear you correctly? Yes, that okay. is correct. All right. So you're, the good news is you're among people that you're familiar with, which is not typical for most people when they're told that they have cancer. But the good news, I would suspect, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, is that you are surrounded with at least people that you are familiar with and that you worked with. And I would have to imagine maybe on some level that may have had a little comfort to you or not. Is that true or false? Yes, that is um, definitely correct because the support system was um, really unbelievable. Okay. You know, okay. there was a lot of support there, but because of the fact that I was just so overwhelmed, with the because nobody wants to hear the c word right, right you know right so um so like i said once um the radiologist tried to explain to me um about the diagnosis i i, I couldn't even allow her i could not even allow her to finish got it um i went back to my office and told my manager that i needed to leave so um once i got to my car i immediately called alicia and the rest of the family and on that note, Alicia, we're going to shift gears to you because, uh, again, you guys were diagnosed basically a month apart from each other, which is amazing to me. Let's talk about the same scenario. The day that you were told, where were you and how did you feel and how did you react when you heard the words, you have cancer? Well, ironically, um, you know, considering I started the process with Aletta, you know, going with her appointment. I knew that this could possibly, this could be a possibility. So you were diagnosed first. You were diagnosed first. 
Aletta was diagnosed first. Oh, she okay. Aletta was diagnosed first. Okay. Yes, but um, during her visit, you know, her doctors made it clear that this could still be a possibility for me because we share the same genetic material, of course. Yep. So how did you feel? So how did you feel when you heard those words? I said, I pray to God not. Hmm. And the reason why I say that, because initially, you know, in the beginning of her process, we thought she was diagnosed with triple negative. And I remember Alexa saying, telling me she was really hoping that it was not the, the worst form. And so when the doctor told me that, I didn't panic. You know, I just, you know, I tried to stay in prayer um, and I did the necessary test. But unfortunately, um, I was advised to, you know, um, get an MRI ASAP. And that's when they found something suspicious, which was followed by an ultrasound and then a biopsy. And so one day before Thanksgiving, the radiologist actually called me herself. And the first thing she said was, I'm sorry, but you also have breast cancer. Hmm. Okay. Let's delve into this a little bit. First and foremost, let's talk about uh, genetics, uh, predisposition, history in your family, etc. Uh, Aletta, uh, I'll, I'll ask you to respond to this initially. Uh, any history in your family line, you know, mother, grandmother, aunts, uncles, anyone that uh, was predisposed to cancer and breast cancer in particular? Well, actually, um, my mother died at 32 years old and um, we were two years old and she did have glioblastoma, cancer of the brain. Mm. And also my um, my older sister, she was around. I think in her fifties, but well, this happened about five years ago. And after she had um, several things going on, several health challenges, and one of them did include lymphoma, which is also cancer. Mm-hmm. So then um, I did have the genetic testing done. Okay. Let's talk about um, it. I did receive the highest gene. Well, actually I be- it was the 76 gene panel. That's the highest gene panel that you can take for genetic testing. Okay. And everything um, came out negative as far as the BRCA1 and 2 mm-hmm. cancer gene. Mm-hmm. So there was no sign of genetics, mutations, or anything. Wow. And actually, um, to be honest with you, that was one of the first tests that my oncologist asked me to take, considering Alicia, Alicia and I were the fourth ones in our family to be diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. And she really did believe she was going to see something in that genetic testing by it all came out negative. That is, Every single last one of the tests. That That's super interesting. And on that note, then, with that being said, because you would think that, you know, possibly something would show up on in a genetic marker. Alicia, I'll throw this question to you. How did you discover your breast cancer? How did you find, you know, what, what, what led up to your diagnosis? So what led up to my diagnosis was, um, you know, as I said it before, when I had my mammogram in July, it, oh. was, it was normal. Okay. So I thought everything was fine and, you know, it's a routine appointment and I never thought about it again. Nevertheless, of course, the situation happened with the letter and I was advised to get the MRI. And so once I got the MRI and the mask was found and, you know, again, you know, the follow-up tests were done and that's when it was discovered. But it was never picked up in the MRI. Um, Even in the first month or two, you couldn't even fill the lump. Okay. Interesting, because I and I'm going somewhere with this. If you guys just hang in here with me, and Aletta, how did you 
Did did you discover your own cancer? What led up to your diagnosis? Okay. So July 9th, 2022, I went in for my regular yearly physical exam and breast um, clinical exam. So my doctor, um, uh, after the physical, she went ahead and did the breast clinical exam. And she said, okay, well, um, I don't feel anything. Things are fine. She said, go ahead and schedule for your your regularly scheduled mammal. Um, My mammal was not due until October the 25th, 2022. But... um, but for some reason, I, things just, it didn't sit well with me. Uh-huh. So in September, I ended up checking myself, you know, because normally I, I, I do check, I do, you know, the, the breast exams, exam. mm-hmm. but, you know, I kind of slipped up during COVID. I'm not going to lie. Okay. But for some reason, which I know was the Holy Spirit, I, something did not sit well with me. So around um, the last week of September, I was like, let me go ahead and just check, you know. And um, what do you know? I found the lump. Wow. I, I immediately called my um, doctor the next day, and um, she also confirmed it and um, was surprised because, mind you, she did not feel anything July 9th. Mm-hmm. So the tumor has had grown very fast wow. during that time. Okay. And see, what's interesting to me here about this, and I and, and it's the one of the one of many reasons why I wanted to have a conversation with both of you. And we'll do two separate conversations with you guys about your specific, unique individual journey. But it's interesting. And, of course, we advocate. And I know that you guys are advocates of this as well. And we'll get into this a little bit about eating healthy, uh, you know, trying to live a healthy lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. But in this particular case, it is interesting that none of the diagnostic, you know, checkpoints really discovered your cancer. It was, you know, it it, you blew by all of those diagnostic services, not that you didn't do them, but they did not, you know, they did not say that you had cancer. Uh, in, in one case, you know, you felt that there was something not right. Uh, and, and then because of and in the other case, because of your sister, you went and had some things done. But I, I find it amazing because cancer is a sneaky disease. And this is the point that I want to get across to everyone. And that sometimes your diagnostic work may not necessarily indicate that you have cancer and that we need to be, number one, as people of faith, we need to be open to the Holy Spirit, as you just said, Aletta, obviously. And number two, pay attention to any symptoms in our bodies. And if we feel something is off or if we think something is off, we need to persist and go back to our medical team to say to them, I think something is not right here. We need to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, Alicia, tell me, how do you feel about that? Do you agree with that or not? Yes, I definitely do agree with it, um, especially considering, you know, our surgeon, she was very disappointed. And when I say that she was disappointed, because when I first had my appointment, this must have been in um, December, Mm -hmm. early January, she still couldn't fill the lump. Wow. And she stated to me that, and these these are her words, she said, "I, I can't believe this. She said, I still can't feel it. I also didn't have any symptoms. So everything um, I'm totally in agreement in what you know with everything that you said. So Aletta, do you also agree with the fact that despite doing diagnostic work, if you feel like in your conscious, in your spirit, even if your body is saying something to you, but your diagnostic work is saying everything looks fine, one should continue to follow up and persist with their medical team to say, I think something needs to be looked at and we need to dig a little bit deeper. Do you agree with that? 
Oh, yes, definitely. One thing about um, Alicia and I, we've always been anal about our health, you know, uh-huh. and it doesn't matter what it is. If we feel as if something doesn't feel right, we're going to go to the doctors. And if the doctor, you know, has a problem um, with whatever we're telling them, we're, we're just going to change providers. That's okay. one thing we don't we don't play with, okay. you know, because some doctors are not always in your corner. And they don't, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, speaking from experience, they don't like it when you speak up for yourself and advocate for your health. Okay? Yeah, and that's the reason why I'm bringing this point up, because, again, we're in a day and age now where, and that's what the point of this this platform and this show is, is to empower people to take control and take agency over their health, despite what anybody else may be saying or suggesting Because nobody knows their body better than you do. And then when we add in the component of being people of faith, the the inspiration of the Holy Spirit speaking to us, we need to be sensitive to that. Because in both of your cases, this was a matter of making a huge difference of you possibly being prognosed much later on down the line with possibly, uh, you know, negative consequences. Yes. And as a matter of fact, it's funny that you said that. Because our first surgeon, which was a male, I even asked him, you know, he made it very, very clear. Had I not come in when I did, it would have gone to a different stage yeah. because, mind you, it was aggressive. And they did try to diagnose me as triple negative. Had I not um, gone in when I did, it would have been triple negative. Yeah. And the only reason why it was a triple negative, because it's, um, there's a part of the tumor, only 20% was positive. Uh-huh. So of course, if you have triple negative, all three receptors have to be negative. Okay. But there was um, there was a part of the tumor that was negative. But however, it was on its way. I'm going to tell you that right now. Sure. It was on its way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm encouraged. And first of all, let me say, uh, I love you, sisters. Y'all dynamic, man. And I love the energy. <laughs> and I love the fact that because uh, I, you know, as the listeners know, I'm going on my fourth year as a uh, early stage colon cancer patient. And I too did the same thing. I I experienced symptoms. I knew something was not right. And so I went and forced the issue with my local GI and said, I need to have a colonoscopy right now. And we did. And sure enough, we found a golf ball sized tumor. And so, you know, I went back to my GI in Chicago and both of my GI to your point and to your sister's point and my surgeon said, had you waited another three or four months we would have had a very different conversation than we're having today because that tumor would have would expanded and it would have gone outside of your colon wall and possibly Uh spread to your lymph nodes or to your major organs. And so today, the point is the show is not about me. Obviously, it's about being an advocate, about speaking up, taking charge and not accepting something that that someone in the healthcare community says to you, if you feel a check in your spirit or if your body is telling you something, follow up and do your due diligence because it could be the difference of early to later stage and then what takes place after that. With that being said, uh, we're running out of time and I just want to give you guys the final word on this and then we're going to come back and we're going to have individual conversations with both of you to talk about your treatment plan, uh, when you started, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I wanted to just introduce the the I call you guys the dynamic duel. I think you guys are awesome. <laughs> and so and so you know the wonder twins, whatever we want to say here, we're gonna make. Um, as we close, and I'll give uh, thirty seconds to each of you. 
uh, someone, a young woman that's listening right now or a woman that's listening right now who may just be early, just being diagnosed or may be soon to be diagnosed. What would you say to encourage uh, her right now? I'll start first with uh, Alicia. Um, first of all, I would say um, all prayers on deck. Um, and the reason why I say that is because your faith is going to be very crucial in this process. Mm-hmm. Um, and either we're going to trust the God that we believe in or we don't. Okay. And so this is, I believe, you know, no one wants to deal with the C word, but at the same time, we have to look at it from a spiritual point of view too. You know, sometimes God allows things to happen for, you know, you know, for his glory, but at the same time, it can also be empowering and transformational. So this is, this has always been, um, this has always been my take. When the situation gets crazy, you can't explain it. He's getting ready to do something big. That's awesome. I appreciate that. And we'll talk more about that when we have your individual conversation. Uh, I'll give you the last word, Aletta, and we'll close on this comment right here. What would you say to a woman that's listening right now who's just been diagnosed with breast cancer? Okay. Well, first I would say, because we don't want to forget this, because Elisa and I both have had second opinions. Ah, important. So let's not forget about the second opinions and sometimes even third, you know? Yes, yes, yes. So um, after after getting the second opinion and once it's confirmed, um, after being diagnosed, I just think that it's all mind over matter after that, you know? You have to determine, once you get that diagnosis, you have to determine how you're going to heal, you know, because chemo alone is just not going to do it. You know, you have to stay prayed up. Mm-hmm. I would say also um, join a support group. Okay. You know, because as black women, you know, sometimes, and Alicia and I are guilty, we try to play superwoman. So once you're diagnosed, I would advise you not to play superwoman okay. because I'm telling you, you need the emotional support. I cannot express that enough. Yes. Okay. Because right now I have a psychologist and a regular therapist. Okay. Okay. And Great. you need that emotional support. I cannot express that enough. Yes. Lisa and I have a very large support group, social group, but just speaking to a professional, it really does help because you have to maneuver through all those emotions because it's a lot of emotions, you know, and, you know, even with, um, first me being diagnosed and now you're, talking about my sister being diagnosed the closest the second closest person to me yeah it's a lot yeah it is you know it is a lot so i would say join a support group you know if you need counseling or whatever get whatever you need in order to maneuver through your emotions because sometimes you're really going to need that well listen guys we're going to stop right here but we're going to come back and individually talk to you guys because you've already made tremendous points that I'm going to follow up in our individual conversation because we want to continue this dialogue and we want to continue to empower women. And I thank you, first of all, so much for pulling my coattail or tripping me and saying, listen, hey, Reverend McCray, we got a story to tell. I need you to sit and talk to us. And I'm so glad that you did that. Listen, guys, you've been listening to twin sisters, Alicia and Aletta Sayaz. They both were diagnosed with breast cancer one month apart from each other, and they are both still currently actively treating, and they are here to tell their story uh, about their journey and to encourage other women uh, who may be battling this disease or soon to battle this disease, and we're going to hear more about their individual stories. So you won't want to miss the next two episodes as we talk to the dynamic duel, the Wonder Twins, Alicia (laughs) and Aletta Sayaz, here on Health Hope. 
and inspiration. And Percy will be back with us in just a moment here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Thank you for tuning in today to this podcast, and thank you for subscribing and perhaps even leaving a review of what you hear on this program. We're excited to announce that Health, Hope, and Inspiration and Abide Meditations have teamed up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to our community, the HHI community. Abide makes Bible meditations delightful. You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day and rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Here's what you do. Text HHI to 22433 for your free subscription. Quiet your mind and relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. HHI to 22433. And we know you will be blessed and encouraged. Percy, I'm so glad that Aletta and Alicia contacted you. They were Facebook people who uh, visited our page there. And by the way, I hope our listeners will check that out if you haven't already. Uh, remind us what it's called so we can find it easily. Yeah, it's it's Health, Hope, and Inspiration on Facebook. So yep. it's very simple, very easy. And we've dedicated a page on Facebook that just provides uh, inspirational quotes, Bible scriptures, uh, different things that will inspire you and encourage the uh, the cancer community. And then you can leave comments accordingly. And then if for those of you who would like to reach out to me, uh, you can go into Messenger, sure. uh, which is what both they uh, these two sisters did, did to okay. inform me that they were interested in, you know, wanting to get on the show and they had a story to tell. So that's how I, I reached out to them and, and we connected from there. Well, what sweet ladies. I'm so glad they contacted you and, and eventually became guests here on the program because we learned from them today, didn't we? What what tragedy they've seen in their family, though? Yeah, yeah. They've had a lot of history of cancer in their family. Their mom passed away. Their sister passed away from cancer. So obviously there's a there's a history of cancer in their family. And they talked about uh, in in this uh, interview, again, about doing genetic testing, you know, kind of. Uh, looking at their family history. And we encourage everyone, you know, you may want to take advantage of uh, genetic testing to see what kind of history of cancer you have in your family, uh, particularly from a breast cancer perspective. And so they they talked very uh, adamantly about, you know, doing that and all of the due diligence that with, went with that. But I thought what was also interesting was the fact that uh, they both also encouraged women to get a second opinion and not just take, you know, the word of, of the first healthcare provider that that sat in front of you and and gave you some information. Make sure you're doing your homework and your due diligence. But they both made the comment around uh, uh, adjusting their disposition about being superwomen hmm. and you know caring for everyone else, caring for the children, caring for you know significant others, and neglecting you know uh, your own mental and physical well being. And I think that this is so. Uh, common for probably most and many women, and certainly uh, also in the African American community, that you know they're not focusing on their own health because they're so uh, consumed by everybody else's well-being. And I'm taking care of everyone, and I'm making sure all of the needs are being made. And so they wanted to make sure that that point was made that you know you're not a superwoman at the end of the day. Take care of your health and make sure that you become an advocate of your own health. Yeah. Well, again, we learned a lot from them and all the guests who join us here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. But uh, I, I trust that there's someone listening who's taking heed to what you, we learned here together today. You know, get that second opinion. I, uh, I think we've all been there, haven't we, Percy? When, uh, if we haven't oh, yeah. done it, we, we, you know, perhaps we regret not doing that. Well, this has now become more of a commonplace school of thought today than I think any time before. 
Uh, I can remember probably 18, 20 years ago, I was on the road doing a presentation uh, and I was being housed in a bed and breakfast by a family of a local church. And the owner, the the uh, wife uh, said to me that, you know, how medicine has changed over the years. I think she said her dad was a doctor or something like that. And that her dad would never, you know, sit and consider having a conversation with people around saying they wanted a second opinion. That was just an insult to him. And how, you know, culturally, we now have really progressed to the place where I think most healthcare professionals actually welcome that school Mm -hmm. of thought and are okay with that and don't take it and don't take that personal at this point. So uh, everyone should uh, heed those words and, and, you know, get a second or, and a third opinion just to confirm the first two opinions, if nothing else. And so it's, it's something that we should be top of mind for all of us to make sure we feel good about ultimately the direction that we're going to take with, with our healthcare and any type of uh, process of treatment moving forward for sure. Well, Aletta and Alicia, thank you for contacting Percy and making yourselves available for this mm-hmm. interview that we heard today. Um, you guys have done us all a great service, and we really appreciate it. And by the way, I love your names, too. I think they're beautiful names, <laughs> don't you, Percy? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so we had fun with that when we first were talking with each other, because I would say, okay, now, which one is Aletta? Which one is Alicia? And, you know, it's like, all right, and they you, would play with me a little could bit. Could you tell that. them apart when you were done? You know what? It was really hard. I have to tell you, they sound very much uh, a lot alike, and they certainly look identical. So again, uh, but one they they did talk about how one was a little more aggressive than the other, and who was the oldest, and so we had fun with all of that. All good that stuff. twin so, talk, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, they they were wonderful, and I'm I'm so glad that they reached out to me. And I encourage anyone that's listening to the show if you think you have a compelling story, reach out, let me know, yeah. and we'll see if it uh, makes sense to get placed on on, on this platform. So, yeah. yeah, thank you guys for reaching out to me. Let me mention again our free resource this week, The Truth About Cancer. It's available for download. That means that you have instant access to it right now at our website, and it also means that you can share it with others by simply sharing the link or printing out a copy and hand-delivering it to someone, The Truth About Cancer. Do you want to say a word about this, Percy? Yeah. At the end of the day, I think that there are some misnomers about cancer that still float around in people's head. I know when I'm casually having a conversation with people, about the work that I do, you know, the organization that I represent, City of Hope, and the fact that I myself am a former cancer patient, I am amazed still at the misinformation that people have fear about cancer. And so we put this document together to address and and hopefully cancel out some of that, that misinformation about cancer at the end of the day so people can be empowered about the truth about cancer and know more about what it is and keep it top of mind so that there's not a fear or or misinformation that they're operating from so that they can move forward and look this conversation square in the face if indeed there's something that they need to address from their own personal life or someone that they're supporting. It's available, The Truth About Cancer. Download it at healthhopeandinspiration.com and consider leaving a comment or question there at the website as well. Well, we did learn today that two are better than one, didn't we? You You shared that scripture with us and maybe we need to go back to that at this moment. Yep. And in the in the context of this conversation, uh, and one of the things that I negated to mention that, you know, uh, both Aletta and Alicia both made the point that they are very protective of each other, that they're, you know, right. particularly with regard to the process of health, and they're, they're both still currently treating. But the scripture here, Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, 3, 11 tells us, who are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor, 
if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Hmm. Really talks about how to support one another. And who better to support uh, another than a twin sibling who also has uh, the same basic diagnosis of cancer? They are supporting each other. They are uh, upholding each other. They are encouraging each other as they are both walking through this process. And we thank God for these twin sisters, and we love them both, and we stand with them as well. Great story today. Thank you for bringing that to us, Percy. And thank you for listening. Percy, you've got an assignment for us, though. Remember, folks, we've got work to do. There's always something still to be done, so keep chopping the wood. Don't give up and don't quit. God bless you. And join us next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff, all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.